The Berkshire Football Stories podcast has got a new sponsor. Exciting, huh? That doesn't mean that we've got new kit, though. The club secretary has made us print it over the top of last season's shirt sponsor. He reckons it'll stretch to at least another year. He mumbled something about those footballs we keep kicking over the fence, not paying for themselves. Our new sponsor? Oh, that would be MRS Digital, an award-winning digital marketing agency offering affordable social media, pay-per-click and search engine optimization to help local businesses thrive since 1999. To find out more, visit mrs.digital and tell them we sent you. Hello, Tom here. Something a little bit different from the Football in Berkshire team today on our podcast. Uh, This is still the Berkshire Football Stories podcast, but we will drop in uh, probably every week or whenever we record them uh, the audio of our Hellenic League football show with the guys at Seven Sport. It's called East Meets West. Um, and it'll be along in just a few minutes. The regular Berkshire Football Stories podcast will be back with some big names uh, just as soon as Rob and I can get our act together. So we look forward to speaking, listening and everything else aside with you all soon. Stay safe, everyone. Hello and welcome to East Meets West, a show about all things Hellenic League being broadcast to you live on the Facebook pages of both Football in Berkshire and Seven Sports. I'm joined by Ryan Butler of Seven Sports and Tom Canning of Football in Berkshire, and I am your host, Rob Davis. Coming up, we'll be chatting about the latest pre-season games. We'll be having a look ahead at the uh, FA Cup draw tomorrow, and we'll be adding two more players to the team of the season. First off, let's see how the guys are going on. So, Ryan, Tom, how are we doing? How's your week been? I'm all good, mate. I'm I'm very good. I'm uh, much better than I was last last week. I'd say I'm about five hundred percent better <laughs> than I was uh, uh, last week. And you know, it's, it's partly down to the fact I've been able to actually go to a game of football and, and last the ninety minutes. So, delighted. You said you made two and a half games uh, the previous week. How many have you done this week? Two. And the full two, two including a ninety minute of commentary. So I'm buzzing with that. Good good return for the week. That's what preseason's all about, mate. It's about getting minutes under your belt. Exactly. You know. Getting that match fitness. Yeah. Didn't last exactly, 90 yeah. minutes last week. Managed to last a full 90 this week. And we're ready to go again tomorrow night. There you go, big improvement. How about yourself, Tom? Uh, yes, not, not too bad. Recovered from Saturday. I don't know about you, but I had a little bit of a sore head by the time I got home on uh, yeah. on Saturday. We went to a match for the, for the first time. We went and um, I want to say we did some live coverage of Reading City v Hartley Whitney. We didn't really do live coverage. We just sort of went tweeted sometimes, and but it was a really good game. I I really enjoyed it. Hartley Whitney a good side, uh, and Reading City, you know, I think more than matched them. Um, mm. I guess we'll we'll talk about this in a bit. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, yeah, let's come on to our um, uh, our preseason games that we've been to this week. Um, well. I normally go to Ryan first, but Tom, you've uh, yeah, already sure. outlined where we were this week. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, how do you think the... Uh, uh, we went to Reading City um, versus Hartley Whitney, as you say, at um, Scours Lane. Step five um, against step three, I believe, in Hartley Whitney. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, Reading looked pretty solid, very de- uh, defensively organised, and one nil up at half-time, and... Managed to well, didn't manage to hold on until the end. They finished one all, but I think gave a pretty good account of themselves. I would entirely agree. Um, I think we were a little bit uh, our, our position uh, on the sideline was not quite a um, 
a, 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 it wasn't it was, you know it wasn't an ideal view but but we had a we had a view nonetheless we certainly saw the defending end and then the striking end in the second half and um certainly in the first half Hartley Whitney had had a number of um of good chances but both defensively um with with the center backs um i think it was Alfie Grant and uh, Josh Blackwood both very very solid in there but also um our goalkeeper of the season Charlie York um, was in was in excellent form as well, um, which was obviously great to see when you when you've yeah. just done a vote to um, to put <laughs> him in there, um, justifying his play from the side. <laughs> yeah, I think we um, I think we Rob a couple of times we were in an exact we were in a great position for the goal because we sort of saw it almost at the diagonal the ball through um, over to the left and then um, I, I don't think we quite figured out who scored it which is absolutely dreadful but um, we we were just I think we we got a little bit caught up in the emotion of um, of actually being at a live football match and uh, so the, the note taking wasn't quite as furious as perhaps it could have been but um, no I just thought overall Reading City were were where they looked really strong I guess the big question is um, I think are they going to be able to score enough goals um, are they going to be able to score enough goals to challenge the top three, which I presume, I think we probably all agree at the moment, is going to be a bit of as you were, Westfields, Binfield, Fairford, in terms, of, and it's for for the other teams to break into that. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I, I thought uh, they had a, they got a lad up front now called uh, Brad Farron, who I think um, not the season just gone, the previous season scored 44 goals in 22 games for Maidenhead United in the Ally Counties Youth League, and I realise it's a it's a bit of a different um, level of football, and it's a it's a bit of a step up to to men's football. But you know they've got him, they've got Kai Stubbs, they've got a couple of other lads. If they can um, if they can do if they if they can score the goals, I think the defence will 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 push them over the line. So so we'll see, we'll see. Obviously, it's only one pre-season game for us, but we'll see. Yeah, I think they'll be aiming for certainly top half, maybe top eight, top seven sort of thing. I think that would be a, a good season for them if uh, they can achieve that you know they seem to be progressing off the field as well like you yeah. say developments happening there all the time so i think they seem to be a club who seems generally moving in the right direction i i feel like perhaps um i'm repeating stuff we already spoke about on on saturday but just the you know the car park itself mm. being being flat i think i think we uh, yeah as, how was that it was, was oh that? It, was, it was just walking walking along a, a flat surface but you know non yeah. non league clubs have to work hard for every single person they get in the door and and if you walk in somewhere and it's it's all right i mean there's nothing they can do about the approach to the ground you know that's you know that is what it is you go through a, an old railway tunnel and it's a bit of a mess and you know there's nothing they can do what they can do is as the best they can with the space they've got and they've got a lot of space and and really, I think they've they've done a fantastic job this summer. It's clear, um, you know, there's, they've they've thought things through. The, as I say, you know, the car park, because there's nothing going to put you off going somewhere. If the, the, the first time you go there, it's been raining all week, you get out of the car and immediately your foot goes straight in a deep puddle. Well, that's not going to happen. That's that's not going to happen. And you know, for these these first impressions count. And I think, um, you know, as I say, these clubs have to work incredibly hard to get people through the door. So, you know, it's nice. There's a there's a a bit of a, a, a pleasant surrounding when they get there. So, yeah, fair play to them. They seem to be, like I say, making the right moves, and they've spent their uh, lockdown period well by the sprucing up. Yeah. We're going to be talking. Oh, they've 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 spent their lockdown well. That's. I think we'll be talking about that for for a few weeks as we delighted. go around the club. Yeah, they're going to be delighted, aren't they? So <laughs> to, to hear us talk about how they've spent their lockdown period. Yep. Yeah. How, uh, so where did you go this week, Ryan? And how so, well, how are the games you saw? 
So on Tuesday we did Slimbridge versus Yate, which is uh, Seven League Division One South, um, at home to Seven Prem. You know, in the end, Yate won four one. Were quite confident and, and competent with everything they did, and you know, Slimbridge. To be fair to them, they grew into the game. Um, from going one 0 down, you know, Yate were in complete control at the time. Um, but Slimbridge, credit to them, they did come back into it, and it was a pretty entertaining football game, of football, and quite an even four-one defeat, if that's even possible. You know, Slimbridge in the second half, as I said, they managed to carve out chances, stretch the defence a bit more, and, and and yeah, it was it was a good game. And on Saturday we did, uh, sorry, on um, Thursday night I actually did three games this week. I completely missed out a game there. Um, <laughs> I went to Tuffy Rovers versus Orton Rovers, which is Hellenic Prem versus Hellenic Div One West. Um, seven three as well, and and there's a hell of a game to completely miss out a ten goal three. <laughs> I really, that's bad though. I've done that. Maybe my memory's uh, giving me a bit of old age there, but yeah, ten goals, cracking game of football on a Thursday night. You know, could have been stuck at home doing nothing, but got treated to a goal crazy game of football. And Saturday, saw Fairford again for the second time this pre-season. They played Brockworth Albion, who are. Three divisions uh, below the Hellenic Prem. Yeah, it was a good, good, solid game of football, good competitive game of football. Um, one, you know, on paper, people would think, you know, Fairford should walk this and score a few goals where they do it. But at the same time, they're against the side in Brockworth who kept their shape well, defended well. And I was very impressed with them for a, a, a lower league outfit, so to speak. They only lost 2 0. And, you know, Fairford just couldn't break them down for long periods. But that's the kind of game that I think will put Fairford in good stead for the season. To know that a game that... Because we've seen Fairford uh, up this way a couple of times in the last few years where games they're expected to win. They struggle just to get that breakthrough and then control the tempo of the game. Whereas on Saturday they did that. They scored the opening goal, controlled it from there on in. And ultimately got the second, killed the game. And I think in reality that was the kind of game that Fairford needed not just walk it 6 or 7 nil, which people would have probably expected them to do so they've had a couple of games like that this pre-season which is good for them You were saying last week how uh, Fairford were perhaps struggling to uh, break teams down you said as you mentioned this is the second time you've seen them in pre-season uh, was it be fair to say that was the same thing again or was it more um, down to the stubbornness of uh, their opposition it's, it's more down to the stubbornness of the defence. Um, you know, as I said, the first game we saw Fairfield against Sirencester Town, they created very little. Yeah. Um, it was chalk and cheese to that. You know, Fairfield created stuff. They used their corners well. Their set pieces as a, a whole were much better. Um, and if it wasn't for the Brockworth keeper, you know, it could have easily been four or five nil. Um, especially as the second half wore on, and then obviously players got a bit tired. Um, so I think the fact that they created more chances and actually looked like scoring a goal for long periods of the game is, is the most important thing, really. Good. So, um, as you say, we're uh, back at games in a reporting capacity, just to uh, underline that. Unfortunately, we're still not allowed into the stadium as um, in a sporting capacity. Uh, there's been a few more statements this week. The FA have made a statement um, very short statement regarding the uh, um, uh, getting fans back into the stadiums and there seems to be some 
at least proposals submitted to the DCMS, which is the Digital Culture and Media um, and Sport um, <laughs> uh, Department. Get that right? <laughs> um, so re- Sorry? No, you absolutely butchered that. That was amazing. Did I? <laughs> yeah. Digital Culture, Media and Sport. That's right. So I think it's the, DCMS. De- it's the Department for Culture, Media and Sport. But... It's the Department for Digital Culture, Media and Sport, mate. <laughs> Oh, no one. We don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but anyway, they're back there now. So uh, yeah, they've, uh, apparently the FA have submitted three proposals so far regarding the return of the fans, but we're still waiting to hear anything. And as the season, well, is going to be starting at the moment in two weeks' time, um, it looks still like we're going to start without fans because, as we mentioned last week, I think even if fans are to be allowed back. In stadiums, clubs need to be able to have time to prepare for that, and they won't necessarily be able to do that um, if the um, if the guidance came out straight away. So, as in any progress from last week, or we pretty much a holding pattern from where we were right then. Um, I think that, oh. in a way, I'm anticipating that we're going to see the first month of the season be without fans. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, elite level, elite sport and what have you, it's not going to happen until October anyway. Um, you know, the meetings are sort of taking place this week between steps five, six, uh, three and four as well on how they should go about it. So I would anticipate that depending on, on what sort of guidance comes our way from the FA, uh, the DCMS and, and obviously the government, my gut feeling is that potentially they're going to turn around and say first month no fans um, to allow clubs to, you know, as you rightly say, prepare for fans coming in. But then the flip side of that, you know, we're going to be talking about the FA Cup um, in particular in the next quarter uh, or whatever of the show. And that's going to have permutations in terms of how clubs will even approach the FA Cup. And you talk about down the years, the, the elite teams have been criticised of not potentially taking the FA Cup seriously. I think potentially you could see clubs not take the FA Cup seriously even at this level. And, and I think that's because simply they can't afford to be in the FA Cup if there's nothing coming in. Um, so it's a bit of a nightmare. Ideally, they turn around and say, yep, first day of the season, you can have fans in, but I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> I I think I think clubs are ready. I think clubs are fully prepared to, you know, we saw Reading City what they've got in place in the bar. Um we've seen um you know it's a big football club. Not all football not all non-league clubs have as much space as they do at Reading City, but you know Windsor have got a big ground. Binfield have got a big ground. You know they've all got space. I think clubs are ready and from what I've, I've from my from my um, position, I think, last week, or I was, oh, I don't know if, if it's right to be putting all of this on volunteers and stuff. I think everything I've seen from chairman and uh, what other, everybody else I've spoken to, clubs are ready. And um, the sort of the, I think it's a halving of the FA Cup prize fund is, um, you know, it's it'll be it'll be bad enough they've done that if you can't have then supporters in for the FA Cup as well. Yeah, exactly. um, you know, I think the 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 losing team in the FA Cup gets three hundred and seventy-five quid. Um, it's you know, it's 
almost pointless money at this point. You know, clubs go into the FA vars, but for for you know the, the the prize fund isn't great in the FA vars until you get right through it until the later rounds. But clubs do it because there's the opportunity to go far and a real possibility of Wembley. A non-league, there is no chance of a non-league club getting to Wembley and winning those millions. It's utterly, utterly ridiculous. And I think if the FA were going to do anything with the FA Cup prize fund, they should have taken the money off the clubs that can't be bothered in the later rounds, that really can't be bothered to put proper teams in and given it to the non-league clubs that actually need it. And I don't necessarily always think it's right that everybody should say that the Premier League should give more money to non-league football because non-league football's got to be able to look after itself. You can't be getting by on handouts. But at the same time, in the FA Cup, it, you know, it's a it's a, an important bit of cash. And actually, I, I wouldn't be against necessarily the 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 winners of the of the early rounds getting the same amount of money as the losers as just a way to get some money out there, really. Yeah, I mean, from from our end, we had uh, a, a, well, we saw a couple of tweets from the secretary of, of Slimbridge, who you know play seven uh, the Division One. You know, they they he rightly said, you know. If, if they were to draw a team at home from London, mm. for example, with no fans in, and were to lose the game, they get what, so what you said, was it free? 375 quid. So you, you think about the way that the the agreement is for the non-league clubs that, you know, you have to pay 50% of the travel and things like that, they'll only be getting 375 quid for losing the game, but their outlay would be double that. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't know what a coach costs to, or no, well, yeah, they'd be driving individually, wouldn't they, players now? So, you know, petrol well, is probably well, going to be. They'd be able to travel. Is it what groups of six? Yeah. Or whatever. So, you know, if you take in a squad of, of say, for example, twenty, twenty-four, including staff and whatever, then obviously ask four carloads or four minibuses or whatever, six people. So, it is all going to add up, especially if you know you get that draw where. They're coming from a mile, miles away. I mean, hopefully in these... I, I, I haven't heard, because obviously the FA don't tell anyone what they're actually doing, but hopefully it's really regionalised earlier on. Um, although you obviously you'd miss out on, on a good gate for a derby, but we can only hope that they've thought this through, because we just don't know. It's usually like um, properly regionalised for the first cup. Yeah. Uh, but then I think it's when you get to the first qualifying round, when you... You know, it's, it, the regional regionalisation is a bit broader. Yeah. So, you know, maybe even if they restricted that slightly, but then there's no guarantee that you're going to have the right numbers to, no. to make it work. We don't. We don't know who's going to be in it by that point, do we? So yeah. that's the difficulty. I just, you know, I, I don't know the 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 lack of any sort of um, the, the 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 FA just don't ever seem to put out any sort of information on what's going on. They just a random appointed time put some like so the the draw tomorrow um is a I don't I'm not even sure I know what time it is. Like non league fans deserve better than that and they're, they're I would assume it's one o'clock. It usually is, is but they, they do move it. They do move it from time yeah. usually it's a Monday at one o'clock but for whatever reason now it's Tuesday at who knows when. It's they just anyway, move on. <laughs> look at him. Well, look, look at look how emotional he's getting. <laughs> <laughs> he's having to bite his finger there to stop him wrenching anymore. But <laughs> just to uh, um, sort of tie up the FA Cup stuff, so as we uh, touched on there, the draw is tomorrow. Uh, we think it's around one o'clock. We're not too sure. Um, but uh, like I say, there's reduced prize money and no replays um, in the FA Cup next year. 
Um, how do we feel about that? I mean, some side you can think, well, you know, getting a return leg somewhere else, again, could have been a money spinner if there were fans there and you, you know, get a, a, a tie against a, a reasonably big side. But also, perhaps no replays might lead to one or two more upsets because, you know, it, you yeah. have to, the game has to be finished on the, on the night. I Any thoughts on that? I don't. I don't think it's going to hurt anyone now, particularly, um, especially if it starts without fans. I don't think it will hurt anyone. Um, I, you know, I, I could be proved wrong on that. I think when it will hurt teams is is if you're uh, if you're Windsor and you get to the third qualifying round or the fourth qualifying round and you draw, I don't know, Maidenhead United or uh, or Yeovil Town or Notts County or something like that, and and um, and you get a you get a home draw. And and you you know or a, or an away draw or whatever whatever it is and the opportunity to then to then play a second game in front of a big club that's when it's going to start hurting clubs. Um, yeah, I don't I, I don't think it really matters while there's no if there's no supporters allowed in the ground. I think just get it over and done with and take the money and run. Really, um, I know that's a bit it's it's not really how I like to think about non-league football. I like to think that we're all you know in it for the for the you know the the, the fun of being part of a community and all of that. But it's just you know they. Ryan, you probably have an opinion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, for me, I, I, I agree with what you're saying completely. I think that, you know, in the early couple of rounds, even with fans, if, if you had to turn around and say, all right, the first weekend, first week of the FA Cup, you know, that first FA Cup game, you're allowed fans in. If there's no replays there, I don't think it's going to have too much of a bearing because it's going to be so mm. regionalised as it is. So, you know, a couple of years ago, um, you know, we went to Fairford, Long Levens. They, they went to a replay. And then they they met on the, the Wednesday night. You know, at that sort of point, not having a replay is not at the end of the world. But I agree with what you're saying. When you start getting to the, you know, the, the Southern Premier, um, the, the National League teams coming into it, at that point, you know, the replay can have a, a hindrance because, as you've already said, yeah. you're a, a Hellenic League club um, and, and you potentially can get the carrot of, say, a Hereford. Um, out our way coming you know away there they're, they're going to bring a load if you yeah. get them at home and you know a club with a bar and with everything like that there's money behind the behind the counter and there's money yeah. coming into the club and, and you know not just that it enhances the reputation of said club yeah so that as you as you said and rightly so but at that point we're then going to have a problem I think because it then is having a hindrance on on you know the whole point of the FA Cup, the magic yeah. of the FA Cup, having that big FA Cup day experience that you know history making for small clubs and, and what have you, and you're depriving them of that speciality of that moment. Um, Rob, sorry, I've just uh, a tweet has just uh, been shared with me. Um, it's from Ollie Bayliss, who is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seems to be the font of all knowledge. He's, he's, he seems to be getting information from somewhere. Um, none, none of us quite know where, but he's he's written uh, the FA is currently meeting with Step Five and Six leagues to inform them that they haven't yet got approval for fans in stadiums. The start date of 5th of September looks under jeopardy. I understand the FA competitions would likely go ahead without fans if necessary. More to follow. So, well, so the FA Cup was due. In fact, you mentioned about a replay on a Wednesday. The FA Cup is due to um, start on Tuesday the 1st of September, which is two weeks today. Yep. And so that, that extra preliminary round, um, those ties, the first official draws in the FA Cup will be taking place on Tuesday night. 
and it looks like with no fans, unfortunately. So, yeah. I just, I, th- I think, um, if I just, obviously, I'm quite annoyed about the way that it all seems to be panning out. But um, I don't want it to just, I, I don't want it to seem like I don't, I'm, I'm not aware of the coronavirus and COVID nineteen and all of that. I'm completely yeah. aware. Um, it's just, it seems a bit silly that a non-league ground where you might only have, oh, there's an obvious point where you might only have a hundred fans that they can't be trusted to stand two metres apart. It kind of comes back to what you were saying earlier, though, Tom. You know, clubs are ready. Clubs have yeah, done their research. I think they're ready. They know what they can do. So even if they turn around and said, you know, you're capping the, the capacity of, of each round um, to, to whatever, clubs will be able to sustain that because yeah. they've taken the time to evaluate what they can do in order to, to hold the games in a safe environment for everybody coming in. So that's one of the frustrations that I seem to get on social media from people that run clubs. Um, and just from talking to them, you know, all this hard work and, and everything, as you rightly said, again, that the clubs do to get themselves in the position, and it all seems to be for nothing at the moment. It all yeah. may seem to be, you know, what are we doing it for? Yeah. Which is frustrating. There's um there's a second part to that tweet. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, I understand this is from Ollie as well. I understand the latest submission of the three submissions to the DCMS was for fans specifically at steps three to six. They proposed 15% capacity, crowds rising to 30%. The DCMS are supportive of it. Number 10 confirmed they received it on the 6th of August but haven't yet made a decision either way. Um, should you say that is from Ollie ba- Bayliss of the BBC rather than I would say, an official? I would say it's good that the DCMS have agreed that. Mm. that yeah. even, to, even for that to happen, you know. A lot of non-league fans and, and everyone involved in non-league football, they felt you know disconnected to the DCMS and mm. the FA there. But for that to, if that's legitimate and obviously what he's saying is, is gospel, then you know to have the FA support and the DCMS, that's that's most of the most of the stumbling block cleared really. So you know hopefully the the government make the right decision there. Hopefully so. Um, yeah, but like I say, might not have uh, any for the FA Cup coming up, but hopefully when um, the Hellenic season kicks off in earnest, we might at least have some people watching the games. As long as we have fans for the for the Floodlit Cup, that's all that matters. <laughs> there you go. When the Floodlit Cup starts, you know, that's, that's, when the, that's when we want fans. That's when we want the big money. That's when the big boys come out of the Floodlit I love the Floodlit Cup. I love the Floodlit Cup. It's proper Tuesday night football. Yeah, under the not, when you're, not when you're commentating on uh, Brimscombe versus Binfield and in the pouring rain, and it goes to extra time after Brimscombe are three one up and can see two goals in the final five minutes. Um, extra time gets played in the centre circle because no one really wants it, um, and then it goes to penalties. Uh, uh, yeah, apart from that, it's fine. That sounds like the the same season of the competition. Rob and I went to the final at Fairford. Uh, I think we talked. About, we'll talk about that at yeah. some point, I guess. But yeah. God cold day anyway <laughs> um so yeah moving on have we got any news for our um viewers and listeners uh, this week ryan have you got anything to uh... i did try to to think if i if i have news and there isn't really too much out of the the hellenic premier clubs um you know a lot of them decided to return back to pre-season action toughly have played a couple um they played last saturday and then uh, played one on thursday um obviously the game that i completely forgot even though it was 10 goals um, Lydney, they were back in, in pre-season action, got a win at the weekend. Um, Brimscombe had a weekend off um, after a game that was postponed a couple of weeks ago, but they've got 
another couple. They got Cinderfield uh, on Tuesday night and Siren Sesta next Saturday, which is where we're heading. Um, so apart from that, I mean, it, it's just, you know, clubs are getting into the flow of it now. A couple of transfers are expected to be confirmed in the next few uh, days. Bishop's Cleave have signed a few after their opening uh, friendly of the, the campaign. So, you know, we're just waiting for, for confirmation of squads being confirmed. Um, yeah, the Hellenic Premier sides around here, they almost seem ready to go. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Windsor have been quite busy. Um, they've signed a number of players, including Adam Kirby, who's played at the club before. Um, uh, Reading City, obviously, still signing dribs and drabs. I'm due to speak to Binfield on Thursday, going uh, having a chat with Jamie McClurg and Carl Withers to find out what is going on with the Moles. They've kept their cards close to their chest so far uh, this this summer, so so we'll find out. Um, I think uh, they were just judging by some of the pictures that I've seen, they uh, will look very strong next season. Lovely stuff. All right. Well. We'll move on then to our team of the season. Um, so last week, we asked for you all to vote on the left back and the right back of the season. Um, luckily, uh, the left back was not uh, one of uh, Tom Canning's uh, picks, who turned out not to be a left back. Uh, so, yeah, luckily, in the, in the 11th hour, um, Callum Gallimore was voted out because uh, he was leading the poll by a long time. Not that I've got anything against Callum, but it does seem a shame to not a pick someone who's not a left-back in the left-back slot. So, um, yeah, left-back was Adam Mace of Bishop's Clean, and right-back was Callum Priest of Fairford. Um, it was a pretty close poll this week. Uh, this week. Uh, Callum Priest won with 30% and Adam Mace with 31%. And, uh, yeah some close voting this week but as you mentioned before we started Ryan that makes it 2-1 to West maybe <laughs> I didn't know this was going to be a competition but um, obviously I'm going to until there's Ryan a, there's went ahead there's, there's, then, 11, uh... places, there's 11 places someone's <laughs> winning it 6-5 oh, okay. that assumes that there's some uh, we don't include any players from outside of our, uh, our clubs so, oh no uh... we we'll just split it a bit closer we'll split it a bit closer <laughs> okay, we'll, fine. we'll adopt like you know, yeah. it, and then you guys can have Virginia Water and Homer Green, and, and you can take Brackley. And we'll take <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll have to draw up a divide and maybe uh, yeah, split them <laughs> in the map. And I'll have to learn a bit more about the the players of uh, Brackley and uh, Essington Sports. Yeah, Essington Sports. Yeah. Anyway, so um, fullbacks are complete. We are now moving on to centre backs. So um, we've been. Uh, compiling them this week and so what we, we thought we'd do because there's two centre backs we decided that we were going to run two poles um, one for the east one for the west um, and then the top two from each will meet in a final pole and we will take our two winners and they will go into the team of the week so we'll have uh, an east semi-final and a west semi-final so for your west nominations ryan Ooh. who you've got um, lined up for us. Well, I've even got an East nomination as well. So, oh, okay. my short list, you know, I had a look at, uh, you know, who impresses me around the county up here, um, who had a particularly good season. So I've got a list of nine, believe it or not. Wow. So I've, got, I've got enough to fill two poles myself. So <laughs> um, first two names I put on there, Ollie Long of Long Levens and McCauley Herbert of Tuffley Rovers. Two defenders who are still very young. 
and are improving by the year. You know, McCauley um, was made captain of, of Tuffley Rovers this season after being at Tuffley since I think he was 16 um, in the first team. Um, Ollie Long is a, a young player who, you know, the former Long Levens manager Mark Moore wanted to play in centre midfield. I said to him, no, you need to be playing centre-half. He looked like <laughs> centre-half. And lo and behold, uh, Craig Martin's put him in centre-half and he's been absolutely phenomenal. He's one of the best uh, centre-halves in the league for me. I don't think that performance level, in particular in, in Gloucestershire, I don't think he's, he's rivaled too closely by a lot of them. Um, so I would rate him quite highly. Another player who, similar to, to Adam Mace, um, in, in last week's poll, who had a good season at Bishop's Cleave, and has uh, since moved on to the Southern League, Tristan Haswell. You know, a bit of background about him. He recently suffered an ACL injury uh, a couple of seasons ago. So he's, it's been a slow comeback for him again. Another fairly young player as well. And he had a season where he was relatively injury-free. Um, and also he's seven sports uh, sponsored player for Cinderford Town 2020-2021. But that's not the reason why he's on the list. Just his defending quality um, and how he uh, grew into the season makes him... Uh, an easy candidate there. Mark Pritchett from Tuffley Rovers again. You know, it, it seems a bit weird that the two centre-halves from Tuffley, who I think finished 14th, both make my list. But Mark Pritchett from, from centre-half, I think he's finished on 12 league goals um, for the season. You know, he scored penalties, free kicks, from corners. You know, he scored on Thursday night, which, you know, isn't a shock either. So, you know, he again uh, made my list. Ellis Dunton from Fairford. I've also got Sam Elliott from Lydney, who you know has been at Lydney for years. Elijah Simpson from Brimscombe, who I think um, is developing into a wonderful defender and a very you know good asset for Brimscombe and Frapp. I know that manager Sam Pryor rates him quite highly, um, and he'll get better over time. And then away from the West, I've got Sam Gwynn from Westfields, um, a player who I'll be completely honest, I'm not 100% sure he even is a centre back. I mean, you know. Not for the time and say, yep, he's definitely a centre-back. Um, but based on who I know from the Westfields team and consistently who I've seen, I'm pretty sure he plays centre-half. Um, and then one from the East, uh, a man who I've said before I went to school with, and I think he's quality, Josh Blackwood. So I imagine he's on at least one of your lists, let alone potentially two of them. Very much so, yeah. So, uh, Tom, do you want to go through yours first? Yeah, um, I have Josh Blackwood on there. Um uh, smashing guy. We spoke to him on our podcast, uh, which is still available on iTunes. Just go and have a look for it. It's um, he, yeah. Just, just. I think he he stepped up from AFC Aldermaston at step six uh, at the start of last season, um, where I think, if I remember rightly, he'd been playing in midfield. Uh, midfield forward, yeah, yeah. Drop, dropped back in. Ah, <laughs> oh yeah. God. Um, so yes, he he dropped into in at centre back, and he um, you know again we saw him on on Saturday looked absolutely solid. Um, so he he I think he's 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 quite a he, li- he likes to roam as well. I, d- I don't know whether um, that's that's good for the for the nerves of the goalkeeper and fellow defenders at all, but he likes certainly likes to get forward and 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 I've seen him have a shot. He's also sort of I think he's quite ruthless on the pitch as well, which which you need. But he's one of those sort of yeah ruthless on the pitch and and uh, and a nice bloke off it. So. Um, I think the other one, um, arguably, I think if we were doing a, a most improved team, I think he would, he would uh, win it absolutely hands down. But uh, Liam Gavin at Binfield, um, by far uh, the the biggest improvement in a player that I've seen in 
uh, in a few seasons. He, um, I think he's well commended by all of his fellow centre-back partners, several of whom have won the FA Vars and, and played at higher levels and stuff. And, you know, he's he's kept he's kept other people on the bench. I know um, his, his teammate Idris Kamara, who, again, you know, we spoke to on the podcast, said, you know, because we asked him, um, uh, what, what, you know, he'd, he'd been on the bench a few times, and he said, well, when, when, when Liam's playing like that, you, you can't, you know, you can't really go up to the manager and go, why am I not playing? Um, you know, I know my chance will come, but, but you know, I think Liam won the Player of the Sea, Player of the Month award at least twice at Binfield last season and was easily, um, easily sort of, you know, I, I don't, you know, as we've talked about before, I, I, I clearly don't pay a lot of attention to, mm-hmm. to the defence, but um, he, he certainly stood out head and shoulders above, uh, above, um, other other defenders so uh, those were my two uh, mm-hmm. that I was going to put in there um, so I think I think Josh is probably in and I, I would hope yeah. Liam, Liam will squeeze in as well yeah both of those are on my list Josh Blackwood like I say we spoke to him on the pod um, he's got 25 games and two goals for Reading last season and I think he's got um, if you go onto YouTube there's plenty of uh, um, highlights videos of him going past players I don't know if he's <laughs> put or what <laughs> but, but, yes. you know Plenty of uh, highlights from Josh Blackwood that you can uh, check out. Liam Gavin as well. Um, as you mentioned, we spoke to Idris uh, uh, Kamara on another one of our pods, and um, I just asked him who, uh, after uh, across your whole career in um, in local football, who is your best centre back partner, and he said Liam Gavin. Um, and so you know, with a recommendation like that, you can hardly leave him off the list. But Twenty-eight games and two goals is a good stat and then another player who um, from a club who hasn't got much love from us um, so far in the polls is uh, Luke Appleton Windsor captain Um, he again played 32 games for Windsor last season three goals Um, yeah captains aside and uh, even though Windsor were again sort of in in that bracket of teams um, just below sort of the top three you know another one that might hope to push on next season Uh, yeah I think he's well worth his place. And then finally, I have uh, a bit of a curveball for you. Adam Mills from Virginia Water. Again, the captain of Virginia Water. Uh, 22 games for them this season. And uh, yeah, um, from the match reports I've looked through where he was there, he seems to uh, have um, always been rated pretty highly. So four choices for you there. Um, if you don't want to do an East v West uh, semi-finals, then we can um, mix them up a little bit. But uh, we'll have to decide which eight to put in um, so that we can, uh, yeah, we can have so the two semis. So you then, having, they're your four, are they? I reckon. Happy with that? Yeah. Right, so okay. I'll pick my four then. My four, I'll go Orly Long, um, McCordy Herbert, Tristan Haswell, and I will go with Ellis Dunton from Fairford as well. I think I think on the whole they're probably the four. And you know I've left out Mark Richard there, who scored a lot of goals. So I get a bit of stick for that. But <laughs> the, the you can't youngsters. have two toughly defenders, can you? Um, in your uh, in your the semi, young, the, young, the youngsters are going to take the pole there for me. I think we're going to go. We're going to go with youthful exuberance partner Josh Black, but he's probably going to win the other one. The social media presence, you know. Yeah, you're all, yeah, about yeah. Tr- you're all about trying to get those votes. For, Plus, also, uh, Pritch, Pritch, Pritch is a Leeds fan, so he's he's had enough success already. <laughs> there you go. Can't be too disappointed, right? Um, so there are your eight. We'll be putting up two separate polls. Uh, perhaps one on the Football of Berkshire um, yeah. Twitter page, one on the Seven Sports Twitter page, and 
the two winners from each will meet in the final and the two winners of the final will be in our team of the week and that will be announced next week lovely stuff okay gents uh, what have we got going on this week? Um, Ryan, you've already mentioned a couple of games you're at, but give us a little reminder and is there anything else you need to tell us about? Yeah, so I'm at Long Levens versus Stimbridge tomorrow night. Um, uh, it'll be a good good game to, to see a Hellenic Prem side against the, the Southern League side again. You know, Long Levens have started pre-season quite well. They've beaten Sirencester, they won away at Broadwell, Amateurs, um, a county league side on Saturday. Um, beat Wellington um, from from Herefordshire, so you know they've started quite well. Slimbridge have only had the the one friendly as it stands, and, and again they gave a good account of themselves, even though they got beat. So it'd be a good game, um, and, and one I'm looking forward to. There are a lot of decent games in and around Gloucestershire tomorrow. Um, you know, it's the second Tuesday in a row where I'm looking at fixtures. Man, you know it's a shame that people can't get to these games because you know there would be. Good, good attendances all around, really, with mm. quality games that are being played. Um, apart from that, uh, myself and Kelsey, as I said, are going to Brimscombe versus uh, Siren Sester. Um, you know, at this time, I, I mean, I completely realised, as I said, that I haven't actually texted Scott from Brimscombe to say, is it cool that we come on Saturday? <laughs> sure it's fine. We're going on Saturday to Brimscombe versus Siren Sester, and again, Hellenic Graham versus Southern Media, and it'll be a good to see how they get on. Absolutely, yeah. Tom, anything lined up for you this uh, week? No, no, not at the moment. Um, no, no uh, although I'm just looking at the uh, the fixture list we do have. You've got Shearwater v Virginia Water on Tuesday, along with Windsor versus Bracknell. Yeah, that was Should one be, I had my uh, A good game. Um, we'll we'll have to get in touch with Windsor and see if uh, see if you're allowed to go along. And then you've got Reading City Leatherhead on Thursday, and Friday night football Wokingham and Embrook v Hartley Whitney. So the, the the two orange teams playing there. Uh, yeah, it's the, a treat to the eyes. Yes, yes. Hopefully, one of them will bring a change bring, kit. Yeah, bring your sunglasses. There's a couple. Actually, of, oh, actually, there's a there's a sorry. There's a just a, just it's not Hellenic, but Ascot United v Maidenhead United on uh, Saturday. Um, yeah. That's that's probably the that, that's without combing through these fixtures. That's possibly I know Ascot aren't Hellenic, but that's probably one of the biggest games locally. I think in this pre-season. So. Yeah, um, that's, that'll be Mortimer versus Finch Hampstead again. Not um, if you like your step seven football, that'll be all right. That'll be very good. Good stuff. Right, gents, we got anything more we need to discuss before we uh, sign off? Tom? Uh, no, not this Nothing week. No, uh, Ryan. Anything from you? No, we need to. I think we. Uh, yeah, we're on the way to establishing that West is best. You know, it's proven <laughs> that now. When, uh, uh, when, the, when the two centre halves get the team, and we've got a back four, the trusted West back four. So the, the trouble is, is the fact you keep having to bring it up. That you know, you keep having to say it. It just says to me, we're in your head. Yeah. We're living uh, in there. It's fighting talk, mate. Right? You know, you've got to <laughs> yeah. get out there. You know, I believe <laughs> the fans clearly believe. You know, West is best. Ah, you know, uh, well, we. Well. All right, we'll see. We'll put some effort in this week and see fair, what I happens. Mean, I, I do one <laughs> from, from a friend point of view. I'd like to see Josh back within next. That he has been very good, and you know I've even seen him play up front this season. He played up front against Brimscombe, held the ball up well, and yeah. was unlucky not to get a goal himself. So I'd like to see Josh in there, um, partnering one of one of our guys, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, mind game starting early. <laughs> right. Very nice, good stuff. Well, okay. Uh, if we haven't got any more, then I guess all it is left to say is um, for us to sign off. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, this. 
as I've said before, was uh, a live broadcast on the um, over Facebook on the Football in Berkshire Facebook page and the Seven Sport Facebook page. Um, I do believe it's going to be available as a podcast. In the um, you should be able to just search East meets West um, on all your podcast apps and find us there. If you like what we said, give us a like and a rating and ideally five stars because you know. <laughs> Why would you give us anything less? I don't um, get out of bed for less than five stars. Exactly, yeah. For such uh, on-the-nose content. <laughs> you want, yeah. Anyway, so all that's left for us to say is uh, goodbye to everyone. So it's goodbye from me, Rob, Davis. It's goodbye from Tom. Bye. And goodbye from Ryan. See you next week, everybody. And we will see you next week. Thank you, guys. The Berkshire Football Stories podcast has got a new sponsor. Exciting, huh? That doesn't mean that we've got new kit, though. The club secretary has made us print it over the top of last season's shirt sponsor. He reckons it'll stretch to at least another year. He mumbled something about those footballs we keep kicking over the fence not paying for themselves. Our new sponsor? Oh, that would be MRS Digital, an award-winning digital marketing agency offering affordable social media, pay-per-click and search engine optimization to help local businesses thrive since 1999. To find out more, visit mrs.digital and tell them we sent you.